Hello! Welcome to another episode of the Niagara Moon Podcast. As always, I'm Thomas Irwin, and it's been a little while. I'm glad I could come back, put out another episode for you. Uh, I've been just caught up in travel and this and that all month. But I'm back, and I hope I can keep the show rolling uh, for a good while to come, because these things are fun. And uh, what are we talking about today? We're talking about Whatever and Ever Amen by Ben Folds 5. Thankfully, Mark Grundhofer joins me once again, uh, as this is one of his absolute favorite albums of all time, one of his favorite artists, and he's very knowledgeable on all things Ben Folds. For whatever reason, uh, I'm not so knowledgeable on Ben Folds. I listened to this album just once before we talked about it. I did like it, uh, and I can say it's growing on me, too. Um, This guy oozes talent. His whole band does. Um, You know, I've gotten a lot of (laughs) favorable, I should say, uh, comparisons to Ben Folds myself with Niagara Moon. Um, So do with that what you will. And uh, oh, by the way, as far as Niagara Moon news goes, I'm gonna I'm gonna have something pretty exciting to announce soon. It uh, may or may not have to do with a new full-length album that might be called Good Dreams. That I may have artwork ready for very soon, and and some other uh, you know cool updates around that. But you know what we're gonna do for now? We're going to uh, have a podcast episode. This is uh, me and and Mark Grundhofer down in Georgia talking about whatever and ever I'm in. Also, I'll just lastly say Mark is a fantastic guitar teacher in addition to being a guitarist and songwriter, and uh, he's still looking for folks to join up uh, on his Patreon for the Complete Guitarist. If you're uh, a fledgling guitarist looking to learn more about technique and theory and everything else, you can check out The Complete Guitarist on Patreon. And now, we're going to talk about Ben Folds. Enjoy. Staying uh, dry down there, in the in the midst of Ida. Yeah, we are trying to. It's uh now. I'm, I'm in I'm in Georgia, so we just got some rain for for a bit. But uh, I know that storm was rough down in the down in the south. So yeah, it looks you know. terrifying. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely thinking of all the people in New Orleans. But uh, we're just we're just wet up here in in Georgia for for a while. So you might hear some raindrops on the uh, on the microphone. Gotcha. Um, well, good to hear that. Hope you've been enjoying a good August. I've been traveling all over the place. <laughs> that's that's what I hear. Yeah, went to a wedding recently, so uh, it's good to be back on the podcast, getting back in the flow again. Right on. Appreciate you joining me. And yeah. we're we're talking about one of your uh, favorite artists today. Is that right? We are. Uh, ben folds five. Uh, whatever and ever. Amen. Definitely the first uh, the first record of his that I got, and the first time I heard. Ben Folds and uh, you know uh, the the rest of the band and and the 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 sounds that this trio can make on this record, man, I love it. I love it. It, it was a uh, it was something that I picked up in the late nineties. Yeah, you were a teenager then, out. right? Yep, yep. I was a teenager. I was um, I was really as I am still today as a guitar player. I was really into guitar music, so to kind of fall in love with a record that doesn't have a guitar on it was no guitar no no guitar was 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 odd and i uh 
you know, I, I kind of, I kind of felt like I was betraying my instrument, but I mean, you just can't, you can't not love this record. I, I'm sorry. I don't know who, I don't know who, I don't know who's out there that doesn't like this record. There's just, there's something for everybody. The harmonies, the arrangements, the songwriting, the lyrics. Oh man, everything. Yeah. He's, he's quite an interesting fellow, isn't he? This Ben Folds. I'm still, for I'll, sure. I'll admit I'm pretty new to the party. Okay. I knew a song here or there. Uh, I still kind of don't quite know what to make of him, but I think generally I like him, and he's obviously super talented and has just, like, worked with everybody. Yeah. I mean, you know, as Ben Fold's solo, he's he's done a lot of different things. Um, There's there's a lot of songs I really like. There's compositions he's put together that I really enjoy. There's things that he's done solo that isn't my favorite, um, but I will say... You know, he. I just appreciate that he always is kind of pushing forward. Whether it's yeah. playing with a symphony, whether it's you know he he's got a piano concerto that is just amazing. Um, and, and if you can ever if you ever get a chance, there's some there's some like I don't want to say documentary, but like just some some videos and stuff online uh, where he talks about composing this concerto thirty seconds at a time, and like how he. He, he 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 would do wow. every day. He composed thirty seconds of this thing, you know. Um, that was kind of his goal, and and kind of how he worked that out. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I I've seen him live um, as just solo. I've seen him with a symphony. I've seen Ben Folds Five live. Um, my wife walked down the aisle to a to a Ben Folds song. Oh, which one? Um, uh, it was it's the instrumental. Uh, called before Cologne, so it's it's okay. it's a it's a lead in to the song Cologne, which is on that uh, that record. I can't think of the name of it, but uh, where he he does the song with Regina Spector. Um, my daughter is named Kate. And <laughs> the song, and yeah. so the song Kate is very important to us. Wow. Um, so yeah, so Ben Folds is 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 big in our world, um, and again. Not a guitar in sight, and I kind of like it. You know, I just, I just, I love sitting down with other instruments and and learning, you know, learning piano parts to, you know, um, that yeah. that's that's where I, I mean, I live, I love Ben Folds to play on the piano because while he is definitely has virtuosic moments, he's a monster on the piano. He's a monster on the piano, but then you can break down a song, and it's very playable in sections. There's definitely there's definitely parts of songs, you know. That I don't, I don't, you know, like I, I can, I'll play through Kate, for example, because I play that for right. my daughter all the time, and it's he keeps it tough. simple sometimes. He keeps it simple, but then there's like the little solo section in Kate, and I, 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 that's where <laughs> I check out. That's where I, you know, I kind of skip over that in my arrangement of it. Yeah, there, there's like layers to his musicality because he can do stuff that's more simple, basic, almost kind of a, a punk aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keeps, keeps it simple. Yeah. Uh, but he'll he'll go there too. He'll throw in you know a million chords and yeah, absolutely, and, and just and fly too. There's a there's a great live video live at 54th Street. It's like a live in studio with a studio audience, mm. and um, I mean you just you get some great over the shoulder camera shots to watch him play, um, and uh, there's he does this uh, this one instrumental that they do called theme from Doctor Pizer. And he does this sort of two-handed tremolo piano <laughs> thing that, I mean, the dude He's must... He's, like, damaged his hands, that's right? That's what I was going like to say. Like the, 
yeah, he's got. I mean, he is. He's done damage to his hands. He's done damage to the piano. Like, I mean, you know, it, it's just it's just impressive to watch to watch him play. You know, he is as close to you know smashing the guitar. You know, Pete Townsend smashing the guitar right, as you can right. get with a piano player. You know, I've seen him chuck his stool at the at the piano from you know 30 feet away and it's just you know to, to end the song it's it's just great take his stool and just kind of bash the keys with with his stool i mean you know if, if you rented that baldwin piano to him for the night you're yeah good luck you're not, yeah you're not happy <laughs> i'm sure there's in the writer somewhere he you know in the in the agreement with the venue he's got to bring his own piano because he definitely uh he definitely abuses it yeah uh yeah he's an odd one he's he's a whole combination of things because uh, on one hand you, you see an interview with him he, he talks so kind of politely and he's very kind of self-aware mm-hmm. yeah self-deprecating he kind of he had the demeanor of like a high school teacher to me sure uh but then yeah he's a wild man smashing his piano and right man does he swear a lot in his music so you know so okay so that's a funny that's a funny <laughs> he's been topic. married five times right so, so you know, you know, growing up, growing up in the '90s, you know, like uh, I, I feel like just you know the the culture of today versus you know the '80s and the '90s. Growing up in the '80s and the '90s, you know, we didn't swear, right? Like you know, we didn't we didn't do that. So then I heard this record, and it was like, oh man, like every song, you know, there's an f bomb or there's you know whatever. Like yeah, he's opening up the record with "Kiss My Ass," <laughs> right? Exactly. And so my my wife and I have had this discussion, like. You know, we're raising a, a daughter, and she's six right now, and it's like, no, we don't want her swearing, but also we want her listening to Ben Folds mm. Five. You know, because there's because no radio I, edits for these tunes. Well, I mean, I, there probably is, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the way he swears is so creative that, and it's so kind of light and breezy, right? Like, you're not, too. you're not, you're just not offended by him swearing. Yeah. Um, but the way he does it, just just really, it it, it complements the song. Like I would hate to hear a bleep on a swear, in, in mm. a, you know, in that one of these songs. That would make it sound dirtier. That would make right. it sound worse somehow. You know, he's he's one of the few artists that I actually really get uh, into the lyrics. You know, as he tells an, stories. He's a master yeah. storyteller. That's the other thing here. Yeah, I mean, as an instrumental artist, I don't I don't deal with lyrics, so I don't really even pay attention that much when I listen to other artists, but. Ben Folds, man, like I, I love reading the lyrics. I love getting into it. The, the stories, the the way he just crafts a uh, you know these stanzas, it's great. I mean, he's he's very impressive with that. He's very creative. Uh, you know, you can you can see videos of him online. You know, composing and writing on the spot, and he does it as his shows. Uh, you know, people people uh, yell out things, and then he'll write a song about what they yell out, and wow. it, it's it's pretty cool. Um, just to see how how just you know he he, he just he, he composes recklessly and then brings it all together yeah. to have this cohesive piece of music in it. and it's 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 very impressive and that's just and of course that's just Ben Folds you know you've got Robert Sledge and Darren Jesse oh yeah who, his band is right there with him the fuzz bass sounds great on this album and I gotta say like when the like the times that I've seen the band live Ben Folds five. You think, wow, these guys, these guys do these harmonies that are just incredibly difficult. And you think... Missing the war? Yeah. No way they pull that off live. 
and they absolutely pull it off live. And I mean, sometimes even better. You're like, how are you playing <laughs> this rock song live? How is the drummer just putting everything into the drums, Darren, and then singing, you know, this perfect harmony, you know, and, and they, they, they mix really well. They're, they're, they complement each other. You know, some voices don't match together well. Theirs do, yeah. you know, and just to have that mic technique to, you know, pull away if you're doing a high I harmony. Like the Beach Boys. It. Yeah, I mean, it is just, I, I, was, I was so blown away seeing them live by how well their harmonies, you know, were put together. Um, and then you find out that kind of this album, Whatever and Ever Amen, is pretty live. You know, oh yeah, it's it's really stripped down in a lot of ways. Like there's certain songs where they have an extra have an extra <laughs> instrument here or there for flair. Sure, but it's really like you feel like you could mm-hmm. sit down at a show and and hear yeah. three people replicate this pretty closely. It's 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 pretty punk in that way. And isn't isn't missing the war? Uh, that's the one that is literally live. Yeah, live in the studio. That one, that one is like one take live, and that's the hardest one to do. And yeah, do that's live. pretty epic. That, it's that just thing. yeah, it's super impressive. Um, yeah, so, so sp- I've had several like mini introductions to to both Ben Folds in this album. Like uh, speaking of Kate, so one of my fans, the Moon Dog, uh, Kate requested that I play "Missing the War" on a live stream. Mm. When I, when I was doing those a little more regularly mm-hmm. regularly last year, I hope I get back into them soon. But so I I learned "Missing the War" and it's that's a beautifully written song. Did you did you learn it prior to that, or did you just read? I, a chart? I hadn't ever heard this album until uh, she requested that song, and, and I really? dug into the chords and yeah. There I've had like little. He's always been on my list. Like uh, when I. Um, was working uh, on my Otarihan albums, my, my band Otarihan in, in Kyoto. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mixing engineer showed me how there's a Japanese version for Song for the Dumped. He really? thought that was the funniest thing. Like it's Ben Folds 5, but they s- But he sings in Japanese, or at least the chorus. I just remember, Okane Kaisei. <laughs> really? Oh, that's yeah. cool. I've never heard that. I'll have to check that out. Uh, give me back the money. So it's like, all right, yeah. this guy's this. He's he's got attitude. He's got edge. Huh. Um, I <laughs> I grew up with the William Shatner album Has Been. Sure. One of my parents yeah. picked that up for some reason. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. Have you ever heard that? I have. Yeah. Uh, so obviously his his talent runs all over that. Uh, yeah, he's always been on the periphery. Um, he really it, it does feel like he can do anything except play the guitar. Yeah. So, but I'm 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 curious. This is kind of curious to me because yeah, like if I would imagine just by default because you are a singer songwriter who plays piano and oh has, yeah, I should also has, mention I've been compared to him and said right. if That's people I mean. have told me oh you sound like Ben Folds you look like Ben Folds I've heard that a million times too right I would I, I there's I don't I, I don't understand how you aren't a super fan yeah listening to your music and knowing you. Right. Yeah. Like that's it the just big seemed, mystery here, huh? It seems like this would be so right up your alley. But maybe that's what maybe that's what makes it cool is that you've kind of found similar trajectory, I guess, without uh really being infiltrated too much by uh by because you know, maybe maybe you would have gone too far the, uh, the you know into it. I don't <laughs> so know. It would have like, just been a devout yeah, copycat. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean I enjoyed listening to this album. 
Definitely. Okay. I, I wish I had had more time to sit with it before <laughs> before we're talking about it. I, I I got to listen to it once through really in depth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why Why aren't I saying like this is my favorite album ever? That's yeah. an interesting question. I. I yeah, maybe there's some part of it. It's it's hitting too close to a lot, maybe, a lot of what yeah. I do. Not to say I'm a tenth of the piano player or a storyteller that he is, um, but I. Uh, I think I'm gonna make you a mixtape now. Okay, well, <laughs> by all means, yeah. um, his voice kind of reminds me of Rivers Cuomo a little bit. Sure. Well, they 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 rose at the same time. Basically, they did. It's this whole. There's so much. Would you call it irony or like detachment? There's something mm-hmm. running through this album between like all the, uh, you know, like the the session noises in between songs. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, good take. Like, right. They seem like hellbent on not presenting themselves as like too mysterious or mightier yeah. than thou. They really so, just, yeah, we play songs, whatever. Right. <laughs> well, did you? So, did you listen to this on Spotify? I did, yeah. So there's a there's a they they don't have the original version on ah, Spotify, right? Like there's yeah, all yeah. these all these bonus tracks, which are great, but you know it's my my biggest complaint about Spotify is you can never get the original album. It's like they, they always have the remastered version, which remasters yeah, are great, yeah. but the remasters also include all the like demos and bonus tracks. And when you're just yeah. trying to like sit down with a record, um, so yeah, I mean this is this is this is one of those those records. I wish I had on vinyl, but um, I have on CD, and whenever I listen to it, I, I, I load it into my iPhone from iTunes, like old school style, so I can, you know, listen to it from start to finish the way it was, you know, yeah. starts with one angry dwarf and ends with evaporated, you know, that's... That's what that's I heard, what yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, do you have the version or listen to the version where apparently, like, there's a nasty fight between right, them no, in the studio that, at one point? I don't have that, no. Yeah, that, that got no. recalled. Right, that was, like, really early on. Um, so, I mean, so I got this album not immediately when it came out, you know, okay. what, what it come out in like 96, 97. 97. So I probably got it in like maybe 99, you okay. know, Brick was everywhere. Brick oh yeah. Was like That's the, the, the most, standout. Brick was the most played song that you could ever imagine. And it's funny. So I was in high school, you know, I was like early high school. Um, well, like 97, I would have been like a freshman, sophomore, um, and I remember hearing Brick and going, okay, okay, I can learn that on piano. I mean, I was I was playing like coffee shops and stuff, and I, I, I kind of learned it on piano just from the radio. I'd hear it on the radio and I'd kind of learn And then I started like transferring to guitar, and it kind of became like my, you know, like, um, it's my sensitive moment during the set. Like, I'm going to play Brick, right, for like... It's a freaking sad song. Well, here's the thing. So I learned it, and I'm in high school, and I just and I would sing it and I'd play and it'd be like it'd be like um, you know this one's for the ladies kind of thing right and then years later I realized what it's about and I'm like oh. yeah I was gonna <laughs> say <laughs> oh man whoops um, but but I you know in the 90s you liked a song you either taped it off the radio or you bought the whole CD so I had no idea mm-hmm. what any other song on this record sounded like I bought the CD for Brick and then I remember listening through and going. Oh my God! Every Brick song's is, good. Brick is terrible compared to the rest of this record. <laughs> like, like I love this record. I'm done with it. Is know, solid. Brick. I'm I'm done with Brick. And um, I even think a couple times I've seen them. They don't even play Brick. You know, it's it's that kind of thing, right? Um, 
because even you know the the fans, the true fans, they don't want to hear that one. They want to hear all you know all the rest. Uh, you know, selfless, cold, and composed. Oh man, just just that's so a great good. One. Um, but yeah, I, that that was that was how I got that's how I got this got into this band, got into this record. Just kind of became a huge fan. Is I mean the way it, I mean it worked right. You release a, a hit song, yeah. Go buy the album, and now now I've got all the albums, and you know, listen to everything. And huge fan. His songs are so sad in like a really grounded like you feel like this ha- happened to somebody you know mm-hmm. and it's just not cool kind of like they're not there's no glamour at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whether it's a happy song or a sad song, he's just yeah, so I mean, he has a way of writing sad songs with happy uh happy uh music and yeah. and then and then vice versa, right? That's the combo. Um, and then just of course the storytelling. Um you know, I I remember hearing like Stevens last night in town, and that's a goofy one. But but here's the thing: like at the time on the radio, we were getting it was like that. You remember when like I don't know if you remember, but in the '90s, like swing dancing became I don't really remember. popular. Oh, I I know that swing dancing became a fad for some yeah. reason. And I don't so remember like, it real time, but and so you had like big bad voodoo daddy and squirrel yeah, nut yeah, zippers and I've these heard bands, of those guys, yeah. And they'd put out these sort of like ska mixed with swing kind of big mm-hmm. band things, and, and fedoras, I, I, and and everyone loved it. And I was like, I, I don't like <laughs> it. I hate it so much. And yeah. then Stevens last night in town, you know, I heard that. And I was like, Oh, this is what this is what I want it to be, right? Here's a big band that's playing a rock tune, you know, like. Um, it's got those elements of like jazz big band, but it's still just a just a just a rock song, and it's got that that sort of swingy kind of swing dancing, you know, drum, you know, tom kind of yeah, fill yeah. thing going on. But it wasn't like it wasn't you know this. They weren't trying to land in that world. They were being their own thing. But oh man, it's, I, you know, it's goofy in like uh, in tone, but not execution. Sure, and, right, and right. it's more timeless. Like it's it's not so tied to like a fad. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. I mean, it's it's a funny song. There's there's the lyrics are you know hilarious, and you know the 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 horn section and the the clarinet and whatever it is, just you know they have that jazz big band Dixieland, whatever you want to call it, kind of sound. Um, but again, harmonies are just killer. You've got some really cool breaks. You've got the phone going off during the break. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. I, I did, yeah. yeah. I chuckled. So there's a little there's a little phone going off, and they just kind of leave it in, and everybody laughs. And um, again, kind of go into that. It's sort of a loose record, but yet just tighter than probably anything else at the time. Yeah. It's it's loose the way like jazz virtuosos are loose. Exactly. Like, they've exactly. put in their thousands and thousands of hours. Yeah. And now I they mean, can just have a party while still like nail it. I mean, Ben and the rest of the guys, I know that a big a big sort of uh you know, one of the things that kind of took that band, um I don't I don't want to say it like it like took them out, but like they would they got real depressed that people didn't view their music that way, right? Like they, they were still kind of being played on the you know, rock stations with the other bands and they felt like they were better, you know, musicians. They're so different than, from anything else in this era, aren't they? Like I can barely well, that's why, them to- well, that's why I think Brick was the only song that, you know, would get played. Because yeah. there, were, there were a lot of those bands like um, 
that that had kind of slow rock tunes like Bare Naked Ladies. Um, uh, what was that song? Uh, the Verve Pipe. I'm just I'm, I'm going back to like high school dances. Like what? What, what are they? Summer play, Girls. You know? Yeah, I mean, so, so <laughs> yeah, so they you know Brick sat on those on, on on the radio. I don't think any other songs really ever made it. Yeah, to it's the got radio that from, '90s angst. Yeah, I do think from that. The the album later, an edited version. He had a, he had to sing it. Diff- he had to sing different words. But that song "Army," I think that made it on the radio. I want to say. Yeah, I saw that. That was a hit. I still. I don't think I've even ever heard that song yet. Unfortunately. Yeah, a great song. He drops an f bomb within the first like literally like first three seconds. Um, so he, ha- I think he had, he literally recorded a different take t- uh, take where he said a different word. I don't remember what it was, but. Uh, you know, so they could play it on the radio. I think that I think that became became a hit. So this album in particular, uh, as you're you're somebody who's listened to everything Ben Folds has done, pretty much, I'm assuming. But mm-hmm. uh, where, where does this sit for you? Is this like oh, it's peak? the top? Yeah, it's yeah, the top. This is it for either his for either the band or him, him in general. Well, if I go, if, if there's a you know it, the the Ben Folds Five purists would kind of hate this, but his album. Um, Rock in the Suburbs, his solo album, Rock in yeah. the Suburbs. I've heard of is, that one, yeah. Is really good. It's a little overproduced, but that's, yeah, beca- yeah. that's because it wasn't so much a band as a studio record. You know what I mean? So it's a little yeah. overproduced in some things. Uh, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's kind of like Dylan going electric, right? Like, um, <laughs> yeah. Ben is playing like synthesizers and he's got guitars on it and stuff like that. Um, but the songwriting, really, really good, really killer. So I, I do like that one. Yeah, I, I I haven't heard that, but I do like the tune "You Don't Know Me," which I know comes a little bit later. Yeah, that's, that's got the same thing though, where it's a little, it's produced in this with this like pop radio sensibility yeah. that I normally don't go for as much. That's off the record. That's the record. That's Regina Spector. Yeah, on that one. That's that's the record that the the song Cologne and before Cologne is okay. On. Um, that's a great record. It's a really good one. He's got one called um, uh, Hiroshima, hmm. which is about him falling off stage in Hiroshima and busting his head open. And he had to go to the ER and they took pictures and all that. But what's hilarious about it is he has a crowd noise and he plays the chords. He plays different chords, but you can it, it's, it, it's almost like a tribute to Benny and the Jets. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and he goes... Uh, you know the the chorus has has uh you know instead of ba 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 Benny it's oh 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 right so it, it's a very tongue in cheek uh mm-hmm. you know Benny and the Jets kind of uh you know spoof um so yeah I mean that that's a that's a great record uh I would put those two are my favorite like like Ben Folds solo but I mean again this the, whatever and ever Amen is the top I actually really really like. The album they put out about about ten years ago when they went on hiatus, he did oh, yeah, his they had like thing, a little ring and and they got back together and I really really like that one. Um, it's 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 feels it feels like the album they should have put out after whatever and ever Amen uh, because it's just it's just kind of back to just three piece. Yeah, you know it's not overly produced, but the harmonies, the songwriting, everything about it, really, really solid. And I saw them on that tour, and they played it really well live. They played all those tunes live. Um, 
so that that's a really that's a really good uh that's a really good record draw draw a crowd on that album is killer michael prater so mm. all those are good but um but yeah, this 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 one's this one's it. I mean, I, I don't think there's a song on here I don't like. Uh, yeah, no, it flowed. I mean, even Brick. I mean, I like Brick. I'm just tired of hearing it. But you know, as a composed song, it's it's awesome. Yeah, and I, the way it tells the story, like it's it's elevated enough for you to kind of come into it, and it has a universal quality. But it's also like. Oh, this I I knew nothing about it hearing it the first time, but I was like, oh, whatever this is, like this definitely happens. Like this feels very real and just like for sure, very honest. For sure. Um, uh, I used to I used to sit around and like learn these songs, and uh, I I think that there's a lot of these songs that have like really um, uh, influenced the way I write today. For example, evaporated. Uh, sit down and sit down with that one sometime because it's just it's so cool it's a the piano part it's like one chord but where the bass moves and I remember as a kid going I didn't realize you could do that where you could play it's like an F chord but the bass the the left hand keeps changing so it's you know you write it down it's like an F then an F slash A we're getting into some real music theory here no Um, I I I I, I employ that in my own songs for sure yeah but you know as a guitar player as a guitar player who just at the time was just learning chords and things like that I didn't realize that that was an option right because I only had one hand now of course I can you know do it with some with some finger picking stuff right. um, and some you know different inversions and things I didn't know that was a, that was something that you could do and I remember learning that song and going wow this this is awesome like you can just it feels like there are hundreds of more chords available exactly exactly yeah. and that's and it's when I learned you know the slash chord like a C over A yeah. kind of thing and, you know and, who talks about that blowing their mind wide open is Michael McDonald. Yeah, you yeah. listen to what a fool believes. That's, for he's sure. all about that. Oh man, for sure. And and side note, I have been for about the last six months learning that on piano. Wow, it's tough. Man, isn't that, it? Oh my, like I'm not a good piano player. So that is ooh, whoa, man, it's hard. It's hard. Anyway, but yeah, the evaporated. Um, and then Kate is kind of the same thing, where it's just it's a pattern. It's a, it's a chord in the right hand, and then the left hand is playing that. Kate bass reminded line, which is me so cool. of. Kate reminded me of Jet, <laughs> Paul McCartney. Song. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So you know the story behind Kate is that the story, as I've heard, is that yeah. he would, you know, this is their second album. So right. he already had, you know, there were fans. He he was already being kind of praised in small circles as you know a great writer. And my understanding is that someone dared him, said you can't write a song with. Where the chorus is just one syllable, so mm. like that's what that was the dare, right? So then he was like, "Well, Kate," and so he turned, you know, Kate into the chorus. Kate, dun, 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 Kate, yeah, dun, yeah. Dun, dun. So he was like, "There, I did it," you know. <laughs> um, and it's a made-up story, and um, not to mention he's he somehow manages to sing Bhagavad Gita, and it yep. doesn't sound out of place, which is yeah, you, you said know. that in there. Which is, I mean, that's an accomplishment in itself, right? It's a very kind of Steely Dan move, right? I mean, they it's had a song steely. called Bodhisattva. Well, I mean, to make those parallels, uh, you know, in all in all the the time I've been a fan of Ben Folds, I don't I don't I don't recall ever hearing him say, "Oh, I'm a big fan of Steely Dan or Donald Fagan." But there's no way he. Well, 
It's like you no, saying. No, I, I got it. Come on, I think he's a fan of any well, of those. But, but it's like you, it's like you saying you, you aren't a Ben Folds fan. So <laughs> he's covered Barrytown. I just saw that on on Wikipedia. Oh, just oh, now. oh really? Oh, Come on, he's got to be. Oh, he's got to be. I mean, just yeah. the lyric writing alone with the with the you know cleverness of his lyrics. I mean, that it has to be. Um, he's he's like a Gen X Donald Fagan a little bit. I mean, basically, right? Like. He, they're, they're, if you put their lyrics side by side, they're very similar in, you know, you have to read deeper into a lot of these lyrics, but also at the same time. In the time, same way, some, yeah. But also some of them are just literally a story, like verbatim. You yeah. Know, I just, I think, I think Ben Folds was the first time I, I heard lyrics and realized you didn't have to rhyme. You know, like yeah, you and you can just you can kind of sing the way you talk a little yeah, bit, yeah, right? Because I mean, let's be let's be honest. Like if if you know to just use something that is you know in in our modern world, if Ben Folds went and auditioned for American Idol, he doesn't get on. And also, yeah. hasn't he like hosted or guested on some of those kinds something, of shows? I feel I like think, I've seen him on like not yeah. America's Got Talent or something like something that. Something like that, right? But I'm yeah. just saying, like the quality of his voice does not get him on, you know, no, one of these talent based. Because yeah. his voice is what he what he does so well is he fits with the rest of the guys, right? It's not yeah. like he has this amazing singing voice. Now he does; he can sing. He's got a range too. He can get way up there. But it's not like it's not like some classically trained or virtuosic no it's know. not an impressive voice yeah it's, i mean yeah. it's kind of like you said rivers cuomo i mean you know rivers is a fine singer but he's not winning any competitions for <laughs> for singing yeah. you know so uh, so i i think i think i think he you know i I, th- I think when i when i would listen to him i was just like you know this you know his voice is is great i really enjoy it but I think I really enjoy it because I can sing it, you know, like like I can sing along with right. him, and he's, feel, he feels very approachable that way. Exactly, it, yeah. it, it doesn't, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm not doing Michael McDonald songs for the vocals, right? I, I'll do Ben <laughs> Fold songs for the. You should do for, Michael McDonald songs for the vocals. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we we brought up Steely Dan. Um, I heard Fagan say in some interview that he. You know, they were operating in the late 70s, and he kind of felt more in line with the punk music that was going on at that time than, say, like, other fusion mm-hmm. artists. Yeah. Like, he felt that kind of punk spirit, but just didn't execute that musically. And I feel like you definitely have a similar thing going on with Ben Folds here, where he's so angry, and he sounds, like, bitter with all the about all these relationships. Mm-hmm. He's swearing, and, and there's, like, a real rocking energy, but... Uh, he's he's also called this this band punk for sissies. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so it's it's this uh, it's the attitude this like angry punk attitude mixed with like really delicate and intricate musical sensibilities and relying yeah. on the keyboard, relying on piano a lot. So it's I don't know, it's it's a very similar combination. I feel. And you got to think, you know, uh, you know, Donald Fagan and Steely Dan were kind of like coming out of the early 70s you know like like led zeppelin type of 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 rock and they were kind of starting to do their own thing and here comes ben folds five out of the nirvana grunge era you know yeah or even like just the i i picked that up like they're they're reacting to that uh that grunge phenomenon or 
I don't know. You're you're a Gen Xer too, so I was meaning to ask you this. Like, is is there super kind of blase casual attitude here? Is that at all a response also to just like all the bloat and ego of like eighties rock? I, I mean, feel like that kind of defines the nineties is just like being exhausted with that like eighties pompousness. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because because I mean that's that's what you know Nirvana and Pearl Jam and oh, Soundgarden yeah, yeah. and all those bands were doing. Um, but you know, I mean, those those guys were really pretty much gone by the later '90s. I mean, they, I yeah. mean, not like gone. Well, some of them literally gone. But um, yeah. you know, that that the grunge era. You know, as someone who picked up a guitar in the '90s, I picked up a guitar because of Kurt Cobain, because of you know Soundgarden and Stone Temple Pilots. Those were the reasons I picked up the guitar. And then as I got good, those bands were disappearing and so I was like what am I doing and that's that's when I got more into like the 70s music cuz I had nothing yeah. really like the late 90s really gave me nothing for guitar and that's why I got into like 70s music and all that and then it's also why I started getting into like fish and bands like you know mm-hmm. like that because the late 90s had nothing but I think that's why when Ben Folds 5 came around for me in the late 90s it was perfect because yeah I right was, place I was, right time for him yeah I was I was less interested in becoming um, I, at that time, I was just really less interested in becoming a guitar virtuoso or or headbanging on stage or whatever the things I was doing as a guitar player in the early 90s was. And I was way more interested in writing. And I think this album, you know, the more I think about it, maybe this album is the most influential on my writing of any album because wow. of the time because of the time it hit me. Right. Yeah. You know, I, and I was getting ready to go off to college. And mm-hmm. I was gonna. I was studying. I, I was going off to college to study classical guitar, and I was studying writing and those kind of things. And this album, I mean, there there was a time when I could I could play at least a portion of every song on this record on piano. Wow, you know, I probably that's saying about, something. Yeah, some but not all not all of it <laughs> portions, yeah. right? And maybe my favorite little moments, and then I dip out for a while. But you know, uh, just to like selfless, cold, and composed is a jazz tune. You know, yeah. it is like, like the 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 chord structures and the and the and the passages and you know the two five ones and those kind of things. It's 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 a jazz tune in that sense. And I could never play the the melodic content of selfless, cold and close. But I, I could play the chords and I could sing along. Um, same with missing the war. Another just really, yeah. You know, it's it's That's not almost a, like a baroque song. Yeah, it's not a, a one four song. five. You know. Um, I think I think probably, I mean w- the simplest song on it, fair, but mm. kind of but what but for the longest time was my favorite song. On That's the a great one, yeah. Another fair. super bummer when you dig into the yeah, and you know the story and, and of I, it. And I think I kind of got into that because before I had the internet and before I had like the ability to do my research, I thought, oh, there's the guitar, because the feedback, mm. but it's not a guitar; it's still just the bass. <laughs> Yeah, no, the fuzz, the fuzz bass kind of, obviously, with the distortion and everything, really, like, it brings a lot of that rock energy that you'd otherwise be missing for some of these tunes. So, I mean, it, it, for me, for me, this was the first time uh, that I really, I mean, right around this time, like I said, I was going back to the 70s, so I was getting into bands like Yes and Led Zeppelin, and I was learning that the bass could do more than just root oh, yeah. notes. But this album wasn't. It was like it was like this eye-opening. Like, whoa! Uh, the uh, 
I didn't, I didn't know the bass could, it's like lead guitar bass. It's like lead bass, right? I didn't know that this could happen. Um, and then of course, like I discovered like Primus and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, this is a whole, uh, all right, now we're, now we're in, now we're in new territory, right? But you know, you listen to these songs and you, you hear that, that line and you're like, oh, that's what the guitar would be doing. It's like, no, no, this is, this is Robert on the bass and he is. all you need. And he, and he plays that, and he plays that, um, you know, it's, it's like a, like a Hoffner, like, like Paul McCartney type bass. Um, and then he, and then he plays upright on a few tunes, which is, which is really cool. And when I saw him live, he played upright, he got the bow out and, you know, um, so real versatile player, great vocalist. You know, the, uh, Robert Sledge is usually the one doing the highest harmony. Oh. And their voices all sound pretty similar to me. Right, right. I think, I think for a long time, I, I, you know, because again, I didn't, have, I didn't have videos of them. I think for a long time I just assumed, you know, like a lot of like 70s bands, that it was just Ben Folds, you know, harmonizing with himself in the studio. But no. Yeah, was, yeah. I made that assumption too. It is just, it is strictly three part. They don't do, and there's not a lot of four parts. Because there's not a lot of overdubbing of an extra part because, again, they want to do it live. They want to play yeah. these songs on stage with their uh with their three parts um and it's man it's impressive we haven't talked about battle of who could care less yet that was one of my favorites yeah yeah just rocking like great energy and melody and then also you know you know what he's saying he's he's got that wry sense of humor and irony going on and it's it, and it's funny because I, I was always uh, I was always like, oh man, why are you gonna throw this at the end of the record? Like, put mm-hmm. this one early. Like, this one rocks. This one is like, you know, kind of in your face a little bit. And you know, again, maybe maybe I sequence it differently. Oh yeah, you're always <laughs> wanting to tamper with the order. <laughs> I don't like to hit shuffle, but I do like to move them around a little bit. Um, but but I mean, I, I think it was I think it was also you know like a lot of great records, this was designed. Um, uh, not maybe not necessarily with vinyl in mind, but it you know they they have vinyl releases, so you can you know so you have a side A and a side B, and you 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 know kind of uh, sequence them differently that way versus you know now put all the hits up front, right? You know, well he had so many hits in this, or at least like you know solid you know album staples, maybe not hits in the radio sense, right? So it's like. You know, you have that gluttony of options. You might as well. Well, I think that's. I think that's why this record is so big for me because on every other Ben Folds Five record, I feel like there are forgettable tunes. But I, I don't. I don't know. Like maybe the most forgettable on here is Cigarette, but it's still such a it's, beautiful piece. Well, of that's music. a special case because it's it's so short. That's right. like an interlude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you were saying this is the first album we've talked about together on the podcast where you don't own the vinyl you just have the cd that's right i know you can't find i mean you can't find the vinyl because i think a, I, I feel like a lot of the vinyls have that uh edited out um secret yeah. track where they argue where they're um, yeah which i which they never press their dirty in. laundry yeah but again it, it's uh it's just it's just they, they never reissue the vinyl um so it's very hard to find. So I, I don't I don't have a copy, but one day it's it's definitely on my on my uh, bucket list of, of vinyls to get. You were saying something about the liner notes. Um, well, I just I think it's I think it's kind of funny. Like uh, 
Let me just let me just read this because a lot of people a lot of people don't have the CD, right? And if you do have the CD, maybe you have some like special edition. But um, there's a I think as a lot of bands did back in the day, my bands included, we kind of took to the liner notes to try to be funny, right? Mm. <laughs> in the CD because um, it's a it's a big fold like it's a big folded. CD. Oh wow! No kidding. This is—I mean—the podcast listeners can't see this, but there's a—it's like one, six, two, sleeves. three, four, five. Yeah, six, six sleeves, pictures, and then the inside is all the lyrics, handwritten. So you wow. get some—you get some cool lyrics. You get the—you know—it's that—it's that font where they—I mean, it's probably handwritten, but um, stuff is crossed out and maybe it's taken out of the notebook or whatever. It's kind of hard to read in certain places, but um, let's see. Um, God, I need my like glasses. I mean, I'm wearing my glasses. I need a light. <laughs> it's it's you know still dark here in Georgia because it feels like it's the middle of the night, but it's not. Um, uh, so it says this recording was made with the utmost care and professionalism. Microphones were chosen and placed in the general vicinity of each instrument in order to capture the sonic characteristics of the music performed. Each instrument was tuned before and often during recording. <laughs> so so they kind of go into this whole like nonsense, right? But then. The lyrics or text were created to detract from the repetition inherent in modern instrumental pop music. Iambic pen- pentameter was not always an option. However, when possible, the last syllable of a line was manipulated in order to rhyme with the last syllable of the proceed. So they just kind of go through all that kind of stuff. Um, and then finally, the best takes were chosen and the others were culled and thrown away or erased. Otherwise, this record could have easily been hundreds of hours long. Um, and the band, and there's a bunch more, and then the band and producer are confident that your money was well spent on an album entirely or relatively free of major sonic and musical mistakes, crossed out problems. So that's. <laughs> He's that's a smart ass, isn't he? Exactly, right? <laughs> so even back then, they were just being, <laughs> uh, you know, they were trying to be clever. So, yeah, I mean, right. but it's great, you know, and then you read through the lyrics through there, and it's just, it, it, it just became this. I, I just. You know, similar to listening to records on vinyl, I just I would sit there and listen to the CD and read the lyrics along, and yeah. you know, read through it and look at these these very terrible pictures of the band, like you <laughs> know, uh, yeah, they really do not want to glamorize themselves. No, no, they don't at all. They just it's 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 all about the music, and it's also kind of not even about the music. It's just like yeah, they're 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 just playing these characters of yeah, of he's, rock he's bringing and roll you an experience. And, yeah, so, I mean, and, and this this was their second record, but no one really paid attention to the first record. It was a very small group of fans. I had not heard, I mean, I didn't know anything about them. I thought there were five people in the band, you know what I mean? Like, until I yeah, bought the record. Yeah, that right, right there. That's the first little hint of his humor. Right. And we just call it that because it sounds better. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're three people, but you think it's five. Right, so. Uh, you I know, like you, it, though. I, li- I like that kind of thing. You, you kind of look at them, you kind of think punk rock, you kind of think, uh you know, a, a, emo a little bit. Yeah, and so the back then, at least when this album came out, the last thing you thought was like uh, intelligent musician, right? Like because it's just it's just got that punk rock vibe to it. And yeah. now he you sophisticated know, played, composition. Yeah, yeah. So, but now you've got him playing with symphonies, and you know he's 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 orchestrating the whole music, and he's he's writing these lines, and it's just like wow, this guy is. Probably a genius, you know. Like, oh I mean, yeah, savant. At least, he does at it least all. in music. At least in music, he is. Mm-hmm. Not in marriage. <laughs> well, I guess not. Yeah, right. So, but he's uh, 
he's a he's a very uh, intelligent guy as far as music and composition and writing and all that goes. Yeah, he also has a, another very wise quote uh, for musicians: uh, "If you don't want to have anything to do with self promotion, stay in your effing basement." <laughs> That's his big line. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever and ever I'm in, uh, I enjoyed listening to this album. And eventually, who knows, I'll, I'll dig into more. I should yeah. be a fan. It's, it's all there. I'm going to make you a mixtape. Ha- I'm going right. to send it over. We'll do that, it. We'll that'll do be a, my, uh, a best my entry of point. Ben Folds and Ben Folds 5 uh, Spotify playlist. I'll send that over. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> send that over. And uh, let's sum this thing up with, with three words. What do, you, what do you say for this album? But there's, there's the, the, it's easy. Whatever and ever came in, <laughs> right? There okay. There's your three words. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to say, uh, well, now this feels pretentious, but what (laughs) what am I going to say for this thing? (sighs) Definitely, uh, storytelling Mm -hmm. and I'll say raw and, uh, ironic. I I love it. When I, when I finished this thing, you know, I, I listened through it all one time. It has a very, we didn't really touch on this, but to me it, it has a very like, Broadway musical quality to it, just sure. aesthetically, mm-hmm. or the the way the songs sound mm-hmm. uh, has a very like modern Broadway musical feel. And I feel like it's if you wrote a musical about like uh, Gen X angst in the '90s and you know breakups and everything, he he yeah. would be your man. That that is very true. I'll, I'll I'll throw in one more one one real word answer, and I'll just say I'll say formative because formative. This was, this was this was big, man. This was real big, and it's still big, and I still listen to it all the time. Um, so, yeah, I I'm, I'm I appreciate you having me on to do this one because awesome. You know, yeah. we're we're just we're just running the gamut of all my favorite records. You know, on this on this podcast, I love it. Well, you're a man of taste, so I try for me. <laughs> all right, man. This is a blast. Yeah, thanks for having me again. So that's it. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening all the way through. And uh, hopefully I'll be back before too long, maybe even next week. But time shall tell. Uh, go out and enjoy the rest of your summer, why don't you, uh, if the hurricane has left your vicinity. Um, I hope you have a great rest of your week. Stay safe. Bye-bye. <laughs>